0: for me as well it's been quite a refreshing series and today actually is the last sermon of the series finders keepers which has been so amazing we've heard about it all over the place and to welcome I mean I I want you to help me welcome our senior pastor pastor Morathi Wanjao yep
1: how you doing Mavuno good morning it's so good to uh, see you here and thank you so much our, our Service hosts for that great work you've done I loved what Richie said that he walked in here several years ago and every altar call everything that was preached he was like Oh God, that's me and he's able to look through this series and to see this transformation this change that's happened and I believe that this is something so encouraging for somebody who's visiting who's been visiting uh, through January through February just to say you know what as you continue to to connect with God's Word as you continue to serve God, to listen to God, to be part of the family, God begins to change you. And I know there are many people who could say, you know what, over the time I've been here at Mavuno Church, something transformational has been happening in my life. Anybody who would testify to that, something transformational, something different has been happening in my life, and people have seen it. And I just want to thank uh, God for every one of you. I uh, want to uh, say a special welcome to Mr. Philip Kiss here, our town, our town clerk who's here. Let's just appreciate him. Uh, visiting us today and it's really great to have you I know you visited us before and it's great to have you again at Mavuno Church and let me also say thank you to uh, just a very special group of people who this week have just gone out of their way to to blow up uh, this city and share with this city positive content about relationships. To say stop the madness. Let's talk about real things when it comes to human relationships. Uh, I want to thank uh, Chris Foote and the whole team, Kent and others, uh, out at uh, at um, C- Capital FM, the breakfast show. Uh, they invited me there and we just had a great morning talking about what it means to be the one. Uh, Carolyn Motoko Jalango and the team there at KISS. I, my goodness, I mean it's amazing. This airwaves are just being cleaned out and we thank God for that. Uh, Marcus Olang at 1FM. I mean, they invited our pastors as well to just come and talk about it. This city has just been talking, find us, keep us. And I thank God for every one of you who is in media who is saying, I don't have to use my platform to propagate filth and talk about rubbish in the airwaves. I can actually use my platform on media to change the airwaves and to say there's hope for relationships in our city. And so let's just appreciate all our people in media here at Mavuno Church and elsewhere. Who are spreading a positive message and you know as we do that i just have to say it's not just them it's you because one of the things we've said is in this day and age every one of us is a media owner hallelujah that phone of yours you have is media station right there and many of you have been spreading media pro- uh, propagating positive messaging about media and as a result we've had almost i think almost it's it's, it's heading towards thirty thousand people outside mavuno who've watched the salmon series finders keepers friends of yours that you've been telling about it and they're watching it and we're getting responses from paris we're getting responses from oh my goodness abu dhabi somebody wrote me to me this week and said from abu dhabi uh, somebody told me about this i'm sharing it with all my friends my goodness good grief come on give, your big, give yourselves a big hand as as the media the media station the one person media station you are you are cleaning out the airwaves isn't this what we want to be about we're saying in our city, there has to be hope. In our city, there has to be positive content for the sake of the next generation. I want to thank God for every one of you. And then there are many of you who've been saying, Pastor M, we're married, I'm married, uh, I need hope, give me content, uh, let's, let's talk about how do, we solve, how do we apply this stuff in our marriage. And I want to just commend the, 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 the CD that uh, Richard was giving out uh, earlier in the service. Uh, it's called Happily Ever After. And it's an eight-part uh, sermon series we did a couple years ago and it was specifically focused towards marriage and so if you're here you're married you're looking for some great message you're looking for something that will be hope for your marriage you're even looking for just practical things that you can begin to do in your marriage to grow together then please make sure you pick it up it's only 300 shillings i mean it's completely uh, ex- uh, in a uh, very very affordable and you can pick one up if your friends who need it in their marriage Get them, a, get them a copy and just pass it on to them. You never know, you could be saving a marriage and a life. And then I promised you that I'd have a few books uh, for you. And I actually have a, a sample here. This one, for all of you who are single and getting ready for the one one day. This one is called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I know, it's not a very promising title. But trust me, you'll be so glad you read this. This will demystify dating, help you just get ready to get to, to when, so when you finally connect with that person, you will be the one, you'll be ready for them. So please, uh, it's, it's 1,000 shillings. It's, we're basically not, we're not even charging an admin fee for handling this. We're ordering it at our cost, and we're giving it to you at the cost that the publisher is giving it to us. Now, I think last night, they bought out all the copies that I'd managed to get. So I'm so sorry, the Saturday guys, service guys. Those guys come early and they they're just greedy like that. Uh, they don't leave anything out for anybody else. So, but uh, what we're gonna do is we can you can take a, you can place an order. Uh, and if you are able to put down 500 shillings as an order uh, uh, for the book then what we'll do is the publisher has told us they can uh, they'll take two weeks to ship it here Uh, you if you buy it in a bookshop you will probably buy it with extra charges to it we're going to just charge it to you give it to you at the cost that this person is giving it to us so a thousand shillings 500 shillings to place an order there'll be somebody at the info table and you can do that and then this one is by Joshua Harris as well it's called boy meets girl for those of you who are already in relationship uh, or you just want to prepare for when when you finally get there. Boy meets girl phenomenal. I mean, I've read this and it's just, it, it just has such positive content in it. And for those of you who are thinking about what do we talk about at Oil Libya, at the Calabash, you remember we talked about that last week, that you socialize before you specialize and you need to have some intellectual conversation. Don't just look into each other's eyes and say, your eyes are so brown. What does that have to do with anything? Uh, talk about something that actually makes sense and you will find great positive content here that will inform your conversation. So please, I want to see thousands of people ordering this copy because it's going to be something, I, I I endorse it, I completely endorse it it's a great book that will really you'll be glad that you read so please pick that up uh, if you come after this and as the service host said as well if you're looking for a great class where you can connect with others who are in the same situation some of you by the way are in a come we stay relationship and you're like you know what uh we understand now as we've been learning this we've just done this thing all wrong we need god to bless this relationship then i want to say our our class we actually have a special Endoor class for you and you're welcome to come to it. There are no, there's no judgment in it. We'll sit in it. We'll equip you for everything good. We'll equip you for marriage. And then what we'll do for you, if, ma- if money has been your problem, don't worry. We'll sort you out. I even want to help. We'll help you get that wedding done at a very inexpensive cost for you. So if, if this is what you've been praying for, you've been saying, okay, one day when we're rich, forget being rich. Let's do this thing right. This is what God is saying. So please, if you're here, sign up after this. Uh, this is a, one, uh, it's, it's a one-off opportunity. Uh, we're, this is the last class we're starting until May. And so you might want to sign up for this, and then we'll be glad to facilitate you uh, to do this. And if you're new here and you're wondering how to connect a bit more, then please sign up for Ms. Easy. We have a late class that is starting again. This is a one-off until May. And you can sign up today because we're going to be starting very soon. And then lastly, I'll just say thank you to our blog counselors. What? I mean, we, we, uh, for our visitors, we have a blog. People go online after the sermon and they just process. And people have been so real this month. I just want to thank everyone here at Mavuna. You've been so real. People have shared. These are the problems I'm having in my relationships. But you know what's amazing is many times I read it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to say something to this person. As I'm about to write, I already see three blog posts have come up with incredible wisdom. And I don't even have anything to add. And I want to say that, man, they're smart people in this church. There are wise people in this church. I just want to, uh, for special mention, there are many of you, but Baba Mike. Hey, that guy, Baba Mike, he has some wisdom. Christine, JJ, SS, and RR. I don't know why you repeat your initials, but uh, those ones. Miss Piggy, Linda, George, Oyogo, and many others. Come on, let's just appreciate all these guys who've been sharing their wisdom, blessing others. It's almost like you have a full-time counseling ministry on our blog. And I want to thank every one of you who's just been a blessing. And so please, after the message, go up on the blog, uh, share what you learned, but also be a blessing to somebody else who's looking for wisdom. And with that said, you can now take off your phone. You can take out your phone. uh, Somebody asked, what kind of church is that that allows people to tweet during the message? Tell them it only happens at Mavuno Church, y'all. In this generation, you know why we do this? In this generation, this is the only way some people will ever interact with church. This is the only way they'll ever get sense and understand what God is saying. And surely, why would we hold back God's word from them? Somebody said to me, but people won't be able to focus. They won't be able to listen to you and tweet at the same time. I said, you're underestimating the intelligence of this generation. There are some smart people. So if you're one of those people who can't tweet and listen at the same time, okay, don't turn on your phone. The rest of you, please, uh, feel free to do that. And let's share with the airwaves uh, the wisdom that God is giving us. I want to start today with a question. This is the last uh, sermon in this series. And I want to start with a question. What is the worst breakup line you've ever heard? Boy meets girl. Boy gets tired of girl. Or girl gets tired of boy. It's time to end this thing. What is the worst breakup line you have ever heard in your life? Come on, just share with somebody next to you. Talk to somebody. What's the worst? Give them one that was, man, this one was horrible. I mean, I've had bad lines, but this one was terrible. I can see some of you have a lot of experience with this. You're even sharing like five lines. I actually want to get to hear a few because, I mean, you guys look like you're so... Anybody have one that's like, wow, 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 that was so cold. Anybody want to share what... or their friend has a really bad one. Okay. Tell us your name and then just tell us what is the line that...
0: Uh, My name is Rachel. It's not you, it's me.
1: You've all heard that one, haven't you? It's not you, it's me. Oi, okay, sorry. If you've ever been told that, I'm just saying right now, in the name of Jesus, may the Lord just heal you. And just give you comfort anybody else who has a really okay there's a really okay there's one right at the back over there I'm gonna just see if I can run there because this one must be bad because everybody's just waving around that place over here it's like you shared it with the whole community here and some some people look like they're in trauma right here because they've heard this one I can't afford you I can't afford you okay that one's harsh that's just wrong that's wrong all right brother I love you but I'm not in love with you I love you so much just not romantically all right okay that's that's bad that's bad anybody I saw a hand over here uh, somebody who looks like they have a bit of experience in this kind of issues um, it's not me it's you I just feel like I can do better For all of you who are removing your notebooks, someone has not begun yet, please. So please, I'm not trying to teach you how to break up, all right? Oh, okay. Uh, the little girl over there had one, but the dad said no. She's too young to even know what she's talking about. So let's not even look at her. All right, I'm going to give somebody here in the middle. Uh, anybody with a really, like, a, I mean, this one is, the ones we've had are even nothing compared. Okay, somebody over here who has one. It's My pal who told me, he
0: was told. I can do bad all by myself.
1: I can do bad all by myself. That's too sad to even comment about. All right.
0: I need to reorganize my life and then we'll see where you fit in later. <laughs> now I know you're the representative of the devil in my life
1: now I know who the representative of the devil in my life is okay now 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 of course we in Mavuno are too saved to ever use lines like this but I want to just put an advisory right now as we start I've heard that there are a lot of people who are ending relationships as a result of this series what I'm teaching you right now is how not to break up Tell the truth. Tell the truth. What's all this about? It's not not you, it's me. Just tell the truth. You're the devil's Okay. Lord, help this church right now in the name of Jesus. Just bring love to this church. And I pray that, Lord, you'd heal this city in the name of Jesus because of the people of Mabuno Church. Please, for those of you who are having to break up because you're in toxic relationships, ask God for wisdom. Uh, don't go about it your own way. Don't use the things you learned in the past, the madness. Don't repeat it. Uh, don't leave a trail of broken hearts. You've already done that enough, isn't it? This is why you're ending this and starting a new, a new phase. And I know there are many people who've made this commitment. They're saying, you know, as a result of this series, I need a season of space in my life. I need, I need to sort myself out. Because I have so many issues that I need to sort out. And so let's, take, let's, let's make sure we take this time uh, to do that. Now for our visitors, why are we talking about this? You didn't enter a talk show. This is actually Mavuno Church. Uh, and uh, we're a real church. We meet every weekend uh, to worship God and to learn from His Word. We've been going through a series that is called Finders Keepers. How to find and keep the one. And today is the last installment of this series. And I hope it's been of blessing to you i hope it's been a blessing to you we've been talking about the fact that you know in a city the first we started by saying in a city where everybody is just relationship mad looking for the next relationship and the next one to satisfy them stop looking for the one you know you guys are such you're such expert counselors right now you're so wise you know what to tell your friends stop searching for the one be the one and then we said you know what in a in a city where people have some ridiculous long lists of deal breakers oh man he has to be a certain height so that we can get married in high heels tell the pastor what does that have to do with anything you need to tell them that they they're two key deal breakers and if you don't have these two things in common this thing will hurt you and what are those two things one leader one love i tell you there's some serious relationship counselors right now in mavuno church people who understand how this thing works and then last week we spoke about the fact that so many people are just so busy looking into each other's eyes saying sweet nothings confusing each other and they never get to understand who the other person is and so we said you know what be do, forget all that rubbish you must socialize before you specialize now for those of you who haven't been here you can catch any one of these sermons they're online on our YouTube channel just go to our website www.mavunochurch.org check out our videos and you'll be able to see our YouTube uh, videos and then you'll be able to comment as well uh, because you can comment about them on our blog Now, today uh, let me also say by the way we're gonna have the complete series on dvd starting from next week so if you if you know a friend who may not be able to watch this online but you want to get them a nice gift set a a, a good copy then you can pick them up you can drop it at their desk you don't tell them i think you need this uh, because they might think you're looking down on them tell them you know what you're such a smart person i thought i'd add to your smartness Uh, here's something that might be of blessing to you so make sure you pick up something and pass it to your friends now today let's talk about sex baby are you ready for this I want to say that this this, this sermon is uh, PG rated and this is why we told you there's a nice children's church uh, for those of you who are under 12 and then there's a great teens church for those of you who are under 18 uh, and for those of you who are not at the place where you need to be hearing this at this place, you can help in the teens church as well. Uh, so so just, just consider yourself warned. Uh, we want to talk about what point does sex become a benefit in your relationship and today the title of my message is "Friends with Benefits?" Question mark. And I want to turn to a passage, Proverbs chapter seven, verse six to 20. Proverbs chapter seven, verse six to 20. Haven't we read some amazing stories in Scripture? You know, everybody's been telling me, I didn't, know, I didn't know the scripture had such powerful stories. I didn't know the Bible was so relevant to day-to-day living. And I want to say, you know what, it's amazing. God wrote this stuff. It was written in this word a long time ago. It's still as relevant today as it was back then. And so please turn in your Bibles to this. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6 to 23. I'm going to be reading it from a, a, a paraphrase of the Bible that is called The Message. But you can follow along with me in whatever uh, uh, version that you have. Proverbs chapter seven, verse six to twenty-three. And as you turn there, uh, if you as you get there, if you'll allow me, as we always do before we look at God's word, allow me to just pray for us that the Lord would speak to us through His word. My Father, I come before You today, on behalf of Your people. We recognize that, Lord, we have so lost it when it comes to relationships some of us here are young just starting out on this journey some of us are older and we've made mistake after mistake some of us are married and we started our marriages on the wrong foundation Lord Jesus we're in such different places but we all need your wisdom Lord I thank you that we can come to a place like this where there's no condemnation for us but in Christ Jesus we can learn from your word I'm asking now that Lord you would speak to your people I pray that, Lord, I would not be a hindrance to your people hearing from you. That, Lord, I would not come in the way of your people hearing from you. That, Lord, they would hear directly from you. Lord, as we dethrone the wisdom of the world, as we dethrone the, the contemporary our myths about relationships this month, as we speak about the truth of God's word that is so relevant to day-to-day living, I pray that, Lord Jesus, you would hold us. You would teach us. You would raise up a countercultural generation that would re- stand up and would be so different that the community would know that, yes, relationships work. Yes, marriage works when it is done God's way. Lord, we recognize there so many, there's so much opposition to your word getting to your people. And right now, Lord, as, as a spiritual leader in this house, I speak against the powers of the enemy that would seek to keep your people bound and not hearing your word. Father God, submitting myself to you now, I bind Satan and all his works. I dethrone all his work in this church. Anybody who has come who's been confused by the evil one for generations, even in their family, I speak that today there will be a new beginning because Satan is bound and his work is destroyed. And Lord, I pray even for those who will be listening to this sermon later, that Father God, your power would go out and you would change us so much, Lord, that we will hardly recognize ourselves. And so we submit ourselves to you now. And we invite you to speak to your people. For it's in the name of Jesus I pray. And God's people said, Amen. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 6 to 23. And this is what it says It says, As I stood at the window of my house, looking out through the shutters, watching the mindless crowd stroll by, I spotted a young man without any sense. Arriving, at the corner of the street where she lived, then turning up the path to her house. It was dusk, the evening coming on, the darkness thickening into night. Just then, a woman met him. She'd been lying in wait for him, dressed to seduce him. Brazen and brushed, she was restless and roaming, Never at home, walking on the streets, loitering in the mall, hanging out in every corner in town. She threw her arms around him and kissed him, boldly took his arm and said, I've got all the makings of a feast. Today I made my offerings and my vows are all paid. So now I've come to find you hoping to catch sight of your face. Here you are. I've spread fresh clean sheets on my bed. Colorful imported linens. My bed is aromatic with spices and exotic fragrances. She had been to see the sex guru. Come, let's make love all night long. (laughs) And spend the night in ecstatic love making. Oh my goodness, somebody thinks I'm reading from a semi-novel. No, I'm not. I'm reading from the Bible right now. My husband's not home. He's away on business. And he won't be back for a month. It's time for our mupango. Sorry, that part isn't in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. I just added that part. I couldn't resist. Now, this book of Proverbs, it's actually written by an old man, King Solomon. And he's sharing the benefit of wisdom that he has gained over his years with younger people who didn't have the benefit of his wisdom. You see, this man had not only been gifted with wisdom by God, but he had also thrown all caution to the wind and decided to learn the hard way. You know, some people, it's not enough for them to be told. They have to experience. I don't know if you're like that. There's some people who they hear, you'll burn if you put your hand in fire. They say, oh, okay, how does it feel? And they're, oh, no, I'm burning. Okay, now I've learned. Some of you are like that when you're a child. You have to fast burn before you can feel, you can understand. Actually, fire burns. Some, uh, Solomon was like that. And he made his mistakes. And as he was an older man, he decided to write this book to warn his sons. Not to go the way he had gone. To warn his sons about the things that could be or could not be if they live their life the way they shouldn't. And so in sharing his wisdom, he talks about a time that he stood on the balcony of his house. As the king, he had a balcony, and he looked down into the street, and he said at that street level, he saw a bunch of loitering young men. He called them a mindless crowd. Anybody here belong to a mindless crowd? He saw a mindless crowd. But then in that mindless crowd, he identified one of them who was even more mindless. He calls him a young man without any sense. Now why does he call him this? It's because he can see like his friends, he's loitering. But unlike them, he's loitering with intent. And as he looks at this young man, he can see where his feet are leading him. And he can see it is leading him to a sexual call. The young man is on his way to a booty call. You know what that is? This is what's happening to the young man. He's making a booty call. He's he's looking for sex. He's looking for somebody to supply it to him. And his feet are leading him exactly where he knows he's going to find it. And because this guy can see what is happening, and he knows where it will all end up, he writes this story to warn his sons. Now, I believe that when it comes to sex and dating, our generation has become a mindless crowd. Young men and women without any sense. I look at what happens in our city today, and I realize the madness that is dating today knows no bounds. I know I'm generalizing, of course, but from my understanding, the madness of dating today looks something like this. Please note down these stages and see if you identify with any of them, or you've seen your friends practice this madness of dating. Stage one, attraction zero to seven days initiated by physical attraction to the other person the priority in this stage is to catch the attention of that person and to see if you can get them interested in you and so what you do is you do whatever you can to make them come out on a date with you you present yourself in whatever way you can to intrigue them enough so they want to come out on a date stage one is attraction stage two seduction seduction one day to two months this is initiated with a first date it begins with a date and from this point on the priority is to see how far you can take this thing to explore how far can we go in this thing and so you work on turning them on so they want to take it to the next level stage 1 was stage 2 stage 3 is passion passion two to twelve months and this is initiated when there's a physical interaction that leads to sexual involvement now at this point the couple may be said to have started officially dating now I want to say this give a disclaimer as I'm talking here this is when of course you're really attracted to this person and you want to continue and take it longer this is a long drawn relationship nowadays because typically sometimes what happens the other scene is that all these three stages can happen in one day? In fact, in half an hour. This is what young people today call chips funga, or friends with benefits. This thing could only stay there. In fact, it could be a one night stand. That's all. You'll never see this guy again. Uh, in fact, I don't know if some of you have no, know what is called nowadays in Nairobi the walk of shame. You guys are too saved. You don't know what that, that is, huh? Walk of shame? Anybody? You know, okay, walk of shame. The guys last night seemed to know the walk of shame. I think all the guys of last night are the guys who knew this stuff. So, so walk of shame is when a lady uh, thought it was bigger than this, and then she somehow got caught up in all her emotions. Maybe she was a little high or something. She ended up in the guy's house on the first night, not even knowing how she got there. They had sex. The next morning, she woke up to her horror to realize this guy was only interested in one night stand. In fact, he's not even has, he doesn't even have the courtesy to drop her at the Matri stop for her to go home because she didn't even come with her car. And so she's caught in the walk of shame. You still have the clothes from last night. You don't even have something perfumed to refresh as you're leaving. And you're hoping none of your friends will see you as you're heading to catch that matatu. So you can quickly go home before you go to the office. Walk of shame. Good grief! Actually, no, I don't even think it's right to say good in the same sentence with grief for this one. Bad grief! Madness of dating in our city today. Now, this usually ends there, but if for some reason they hit it off on that first sexual encounter, if there's reason to continue, then the sexual encounters continue. And the fourth stage, stage one was stage two, stage three, stage four is cohabitation. And cohabitation is initiated by very practical considerations, things like cutting bills, saving time, or just plain convenience. And the couple either move in together or the girl will move into the guy's house over the weekends and then go back to her house because it's closer to work during the week. And this happens. Uh, this could happen if they're older couple. are here for older couples it happens a lot faster. They know what they're looking for. So this could happen very quickly for older couples. Uh, for younger couples who are dating, it could ha- they could even continue with that passion stage for, for maybe a couple of years or several years before they finally move, agree, you know what, let's just move in. Uh, let's save bills. We're wasting a lot of money having two, two rents we're paying and they move in. Now, this whole thing, (laughs) nobody ever defines it. By the way, nobody ever says, and now we are cohabiting. And now we are in passion. And now you're my, no, 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 there's nothing like that. What happens is the level of physical involvement is what determines where we are. Somehow when it happens, we just know, okay, we've crossed the line now. We're in the next stage. The madness of dating in Nairobi today. Good grief bad grief thank you bad grief this is a madness that we've subjected ourselves to 70 to 75 percent of couples who sign up today in our churches for premarital counseling and preparation are in stage three or stage four passion or cohabitation what's wrong with this picture what's wrong with this picture all kinds of things you see, I believe that we as a generation have bought into several lies about sex. I just want to share three lies about sex. That somehow we as a generation have bought, we've caught, we've, we've owned these lies until they've become part of the air we breathe. The first lie is that sex will help me to truly know the other person. Man, I really want to know this guy. If we have sex, we'll just get to really know each other well. Oh Lord. Convention wisdom today, conventional wisdom today states that the only way to check out if you're compatible with another person is through having sex with them. I mean, if you're good in bed together, you know you have the chemistry, you have the sizzle, you have the thing going on. You know that you'll be able to weather the storms of life. You know you'll be able to even have conversations, meaningful conversations, after you've had sex. Uh, This is what people think. You know, you don't want to get stuck in your life with somebody who you are incompatible with in bed. I mean, surely, who wants to live the whole life knowing that we we don't have anything going on between us physically? We don't want to get stuck in that situation. But this is a hugely damaging lie from the pit of hell itself. You see, the reality is rather than help, here's the irony, rather than help you truly know the other person, having sex with a person in the process of dating, before there's a long-term commitment between the two of you, which I, by which I mean marriage, having sex with a person in that stage guarantees that you will not get to know that person. It's a way to guarantee you will never get to know them. Because you know what happens when you have sex too early, it's like tasting Ever had a really sweet dessert before you've had a chance to eat food? What happens to your taste buds after that? They are burnt out. You can't, there's, a, there's a restaurant I used to go to. I don't know if they still have this. I haven't been there for a long time. But they used to have this cake called Death by Chocolate. Some of you know what are, that, that dessert. I mean, that thing is so sweet. As you bite it, you just feel your teeth sh- shaking in their sockets. Man, you eat that thing. You can't taste even the coffee you're taking. You can't even taste anything after that. That's death by chocolate. I mean, you just die a slow day. In fact, every time I would eat one, I just say, I've just lost three days of my life from that one dessert. I mean, that thing just, it's like that. And after that, you can't taste anything because you've had death by chocolate. Now, many of us don't realize that when you have sex prematurely in your relationship, before there's that long-term commitment, you lose the taste for such things as communication, appreciating the other person's strengths and weaknesses, learning how to resolve conflicts, understanding their family background, figuring out how they manage money, the things that really count. You know what? As you get to know these things, ironically, the things you're losing taste for are the things that build trust in a relationship. And when you have trust is when you really get to be vulnerable and to know the other person. But you know what? You don't understand that by that action, you are guaranteeing that there will never be that kind of trust to be able to share vulnerably with the other person. So, so, So you wondered, why he lost interest after you gave him everything? Man, I, 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 I shared my love with him. Then he walked out. What was that? Let me tell you this. After he has climbed Mount Everest, what else is there? Or am I being too real here? What, what else is there? He doesn't want to climb down and understand how the slope works. He's already at the peak. He has seen the view. Now you want to tell me how to pl- climb a mountain. I'm there already. So he moved out. And you went to the next person and you did the same thing thinking it would be different this time. What did we say that is called, Omavuno? Madness. Doing the same thing over and over. And hoping for a different result each time. For many couples today, sex is the only glue in their relationship. And when that chemistry or high wears off, boredom inevitably sets in. I've seen couples where they couldn't have sex because somebody was pregnant. They couldn't have sex because of some other reason. And you know what happened? Boredom set into their marriage because that was all it was founded on. It was founded on sex. So what am I saying? Don't buy the lie. False intimacy destroys real intimacy. Tell your neighbor, false intimacy destroys real intimacy. line number 2 line number 2 let's move on to line number 2 sex is an uncontrollable natural impulse you've heard that one haven't you this is a prevalent lie in this highly sexualized society that we live in today many people see sex as a natural appetite that every normal person must fulfill if they're normal i mean if you're hungry you eat If you're thirsty, you drink. If you're itchy, you scratch. If you're horny. Oh, you guys don't know this stuff, isn't it? Pastor, you're defiling the pulpit. You're telling us things that in our holy moment, we shouldn't be hearing stuff like this. Come on, you hear this every day of the week. Let's be real today. Can we be real? This is what the society is teaching us. It's telling us this thing is just an urge. And when you've got the urge, you merge do it. Get rid of the tension. In fact, I hear people nowadays say, let's just be real. You know, I know you want me. And you want me. Let's just get rid of all the tension. Let's do this thing. Then we can spend time getting to know each other. What a bad pickup line. This is what people are saying to each other in this city today. There's another movie I watched. <laughs> or rather, actually, I do watch it. I saw the poster and I'd watch the movie. I felt like I'd watch the movie just seeing the poster. It was called 40-Year-Old Virgin. Anybody remember that one? And I mean, there's this picture of this really repressed looking guy. I mean, this guy looks like he drinks prune juice for lunch. I mean, just, he's uh, just really horrible, just looks shriveled. Like a really, I mean, he just looks bad. You can tell he's never had sex all his life. That's what the picture is supposed to show you. And then some guys at the back who really know everything, and they look at him like, man, we need to teach this guy some things. I mean, this is a, this is a picture society gives you. There's something wrong with you if you're not having sex, especially outside the bounds of marriage. You know, some experts have even gone on to say that without some form of sexual involvement, something could even go wrong with your sex drive. I mean, the lady might one day get married and then she finds out she feels violated because she never practiced. Or the guy might not even be able to turn on the machine. He's trying to kickstart, but the thing has been off for so long. (laughs) Nothing is happening man. The guy is like, what happened? He forgot everything. So use the machine before you lose it. Isn't that what people teach you? I mean, people say, you know, I hear, okay, and I hear this stuff. The worst thing is, I hear this stuff, I read this stuff from highly educated people. Psychologists, no less. And this is what they tell you. They tell you that masturbation is a healthy form of release. Pornography is a tasteful form of art. Friends, friends with benefit is all a matter of following your natural animal instincts. I say, oh my goodness, you're creating such a crisis. Because you psychologists have not counseled people who are stuck in masturbation. And they can't even give their, they can't find release with their partner. Because they are so used to giving it to themselves in a selfish way. They've conditioned themselves to be selfish in the sexual action. And they're trapped in that way. I want to say this, this myth, this lie that sex is a natural healthy thing, that you must do it if you're normal. It makes sense if you're just a a, a higher evolved form of being. Some, some kind of animal. If, if, tell your neighbor, if you're just an animal, if you're just a monkey, then do it. This is what, this, it makes sense. If you're just a naturally higher evolved monkey, do it. But you know what the Bible tells you? The Bible tells you you're not just an evolved form of monkey. The Bible tells you you're created in God's image. There's something different about you from an animal. Animals have instincts that control them. You have instincts that you control. This is what God created you for. God created you to have self-control. You don't just do what you feel like doing. Animals do that. There's something different about you. God did not create you to be an animal. You know, this. 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 many people have found out too late. By the way, as they begin to practice this, that sex is a worse drug than the worst narcotic ever invented. Sex misused is a worse drug than any narcotic ever invented. One person wrote on our blog this week, and my heart really went out to her. She called herself addicted. And she wrote, on the outside, I present myself as a righteous lady, decent and innocent. I don't do drugs. I drink wine and soft alcohol. I read the Bible. In fact, I'm saved. But I'm a sex addict. And she says, I just have to do it. If I don't, I masturbate. Or I look at men and fantasize having sex with them. Says, this became worse after I met my worst boyfriend. She says, I used to... (laughs) People are so real on this blog. God help us. I used to do him so much, he used to practically run away from me. He started messing with other girls, but could never have enough of me. He's just come back to me and he says he's addicted to me. He's now addicted as well. So how can I cultivate a healthy relationship? This is the hardest part of this letter. She says, how do I cultivate a healthy relationship? I am sick. Counseling doesn't help me. Honestly, I just want to settle down to a normal Christian environment with a true man of God. I am stuck and depressed. What do I do? I want to say my heart so goes out to you, addicted. It does. You know, people might laugh. But this is an illness that you have right now. You're trapped in a lifestyle that guarantees... That you will never enjoy intimacy. The thing that you so desperately desire for. And I want to say to you addicted if you are here. (sighs) Come and look for help. Come and speak to one of our lady pastors. Or one of our lady prayer counselors. Would love to begin the journey of walking with you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But the one thing I know. Is that our God is a God of second chances. He is. He's able to bring healing and deliverance to you. your situation God created you to be a beautiful being somebody who's made in his image not controlled by impulse and he's able to restore you to this place but to somebody else who's here who's not yet in that situation why would you want to do this to yourself why do you want to do this to yourself don't buy the lie false intimacy destroys real intimacy line number three line number three sex is okay as long as you're truly in love and committed to the other person i hear this one all the time you know i mean we're not like those crazy people who just have sex with everybody out there we love each other i mean we're not married yet but we might as well be i love this person so much i'll always love them the rest of my life What's wrong with two consenting adults who are committed to each other when they decide to make choices about their own bodies? Surely it hurts no one. Pastor, let's get real. We're in the 21st century. It's the kind of thing I hear all the time. The problem with this thinking is expressed in our passage. Verse 19 tells us something very sobering. I don't know if you caught it as we read it. It says, my, this is what the woman says. She says, my husband's not home. He's away on business, and he won't be back for a month. You see, see, the, the passage is setting up a situation here. It's saying that this woman, that the young man was loitering with intent, hoping to hook up with, was not his. He had no claim over her. She was someone else's wife. The reality is, until you say, I do... To that person and commit your life to them, they're not yours, they're someone else's daughter, potentially somebody else's wife. He is someone else's potential husband, he doesn't belong to you. And this passage is saying that you need to be careful you know, regardless of how you feel right now, you have no guarantees that you will not break up, you have no guarantees that you will get married no guarantees despite how you feel about this person and you know what if you did break up you will not be the first ones to in this stage what happens at that point you've opened yourself up to some serious potential consequences I get this all the time let me tell you this pastors are the ones who have to deal with the mess of the decisions that people make in this city and I'll tell you there's hardly any pastor who hasn't encountered this men uh, women who can't have their, their husbands touch them in a certain way because it reminds them of the things they used to do when they were drunk. And so when the husband touches you a certain way, you're like, oh, repulsion. It takes you right back to where you came from. I know husbands who can't look at their wives during sex. Why? Because the images that come are what of all the people they've slept with in the past. Or all those images they, they, they poured themselves over on the internet. Let me tell you this. There's no real-life woman who can compete with a Photoshop-enhanced image on the Internet. Nobody! And so here you are, you've conditioned yourself to look at porn, saying this is just a healthy form of art, not understanding. You will never be able to have intimacy with your wife because your brain is hooked up to images and not to real life. We all know, we, we get to hear of women, and all the time I have this, women who can't have children or who have serious health conditions because of sexual disease, sexually transmitted disease, or abortions that came out of their bodies that happened, or just couples who are insecure because they know their spouses' past. Oh my goodness, the foundation of insecurity—it's a terrible thing. It destroys intimacy in marriage. One of the things we do—we have a, we have this class. I've, I've mentioned it often. We have this class called Noah. It's a great class. Every couple who's done it has said, "I'm so glad this saved my life." But you know, there are many couples who have come and done this class, and there's one time that many couples have just, ah, it's been a terrible experience for them to have to do this. Because one of the things we believe, and I believe this strongly, is you don't want to start a marriage relationship looking over your back to see who shows up. You don't want, when a text comes, to think this could be a chick that we used to hang out with from the bar who has sent me an inappropriate text. She doesn't even know now I'm married and I'm no longer the person I used to be. And then my wife, she just throws everything into problems. You don't want to show up in a party and some chick just comes and drapes herself all over you. And your wife is like, who the heck is that? And you're, you're trying to explain to her, no, I don't even know who that person, well, this is a person that used, no, 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 it's too late at that point. So if you don't want to live your life as a fugitive, we say start with the foundation of truth. And one of the things we cancel couples at that point, we have a session where we say it's a truth-telling session. Share your sexual history, your past history relationally with the other person, all of it. I can see some of you already freezing, like, oh, God. Like a deer in the headlights. So anyway, couples sit. And you know what you have? You have a choice here. We don't force you to do it. By the way, nobody will force you to do it. And some couples, by the way, they, 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 they freak out. But here's a choice you have, huh? You have a choice... Between telling the truth and risking this person when they find out they're your third, 15th, 31st sexual relationship completely being turned off from you. In other words, you've spent your whole life praying for this Mr. Right, praying for this miss Right. You finally have found her and you have a choice right now because what you tell her could actually cause her to leave you for good. Or, on the other hand, you have a choice to lie to them and not tell them what happened and start your marriage on a foundation of deceit and lies and fear that one day they are going to find out the details. Why would you want to do that to yourself? Ask your neighbor, why would you want to do that to yourself? This is the case for so many couples. They can't stand this. Because of the heart that it brings to their partner. You know what? It doesn't matter what kind of player you are. You want to be exclusive. You want to have this relationship with your person. And now you know you're just one of them. False intimacy destroys real intimacy. Now I want to move on and talk about the truth. We're looking at the lies. We're looking at the lies. But we need to look at the truth. And here's the truth. As this young man allows his animal instincts to take over... As this young man allows his natural instincts to just lead him into this place where he's with this woman, verse 21, it tells us this. It says, Soon she has him eating out of her hand, bewitched by her honeyed speech. Before you know it, he's trotting behind her like a cow fled to the butcher shop. Have you ever seen a cow fled to the butcher shop? He's just going. He doesn't even know he's going to meet his death. In fact, it says, Like a stag lured into an ambush, then shot with an arrow, like a bird flying into a net, not knowing its flying life is over. "You're going to your death," is what this old man is. this old man by the way, on the blog there have been people, older people who've been saying, "Young people, are you hearing what the pastor is telling you? This is my story. I've messed up my life. You don't have to be like me. This is what the old man is saying. "You're going to your death. Don't do this. You see, sex outside marriage leads to death of innocence. so you can no longer relate to the opposite sex without any. Anything attached to it Ulterior motives attached Sex outside marriage leads to death of intimacy There's nothing exclusive anymore That you can give somebody That you haven't done with someone else And you have no gift I read about this porn star She was a star in porn porn videos on the internet And she had a policy in her clause That said I will not kiss a man with my mouth Uh, We we can do whatever it is I, I can't kiss a man I mean, She was asked why wouldn't you kiss I mean you do everything else I said, I'm trying to save something for that special person. How sad. How sad. She's trying to keep something exclusive. But she's given it all. How sad. It kills intimacy. It leads to the death of trust. Because after all, if you couldn't trust your desires when you're with me, if you couldn't trust, you are, so, you are so hot, you couldn't keep yourself from me. How do I know when you go on that business trip and I'm not there that you will keep your hands off your secretary or off your colleague? That you won't just let your natural instincts take over. It kills trust because I know you. I know you couldn't be faithful when you were just the two of us. How do I know you'll be faithful when I'm pregnant and I'm expecting and we can't have sex? It kills trust. It kills moral authority. Last week we read about King David. He had a son who raped his half-sister. And the Bible says the king was angry, but he did nothing. Why didn't he do anything? Well, the chapter before, he had slept with someone else's wife. How, you know, how do you go to your son and say, Don't do this? He tells you, and who are you to tell me? So David kept quiet. And many of us are killing our moral authority to speak to the next generation because of the actions we're taking. It kills moral authority. Sex outside marriage also kills our choice. Because like addicted, many of us are not understanding that we're leading ourselves into a place where we no longer control this urge, but it controls us. False intimacy destroys real intimacy. Is there any good news in this whole thing? Because somebody here is just hearing me say God hates sex. God hates sex. God hates sex. Somebody that's somebody that right right now that's what they're hearing me say. I'm not saying anything like that. God made sex. He created you a sexual being. Soft curves, luscious lips, handsome six-pack, beautiful biceps. All that was made by God. A sex urge. He gave that to you, but he gave it to you as a gift to be enjoyed in its proper context like a fire. When it's put in the hearth, when it's put in the fireplace, it heats the house, it cooks the food. But when it's put in the wrong place, it can burn up your house and destroy your dreams. God created it for good. You know, I want to say this. This is a lie that nobody will ever tell you. So let me tell you. Can I be real with you? Let me just tell you this. Some of you already know this. But for those of you who don't know this, let me tell you this. That sex is an amazing thing. I remember one, when we were dating, one of our Mentors that were in their 50s at the time. You know when when you're in your 20s, somebody in their 50s looks like they're about to die. I mean, they look so old. They look like, man, this one is just about to die. I better hear what they're going to tell me because they might not be here tomorrow. When you're 20, everybody over 50 just looks old and ancient. But anyway, this couple, they had a great marriage. They were a mentor couple. And so they just told us, we're talking about sex one day. And they said, listen, let me tell you this. For us, we're beginning to discover that sex at this age is sweeter than we've ever experienced it. This is like an old wine. It gets better with time as you get to know the other person. I remember for us, we had made a commitment, by the way, that we wouldn't have sex before marriage. And I don't even know. I must say for us, the only way we made this commitment, I grew up in a Christian home. I wasn't a Christian. But somehow, I think some of the things, the values that my parents taught, they just stuck around me. I remember I used to play rugby in min Machine, and it was such an embarrassing thing for me to tell my friends. I'm a virgin. So I didn't tell them. We'll talk about the stories, and i would be like, "There, yeah, like." But you know what my parents taught me they taught me if a girl who sleeps around is loose a man who sleeps around is just as loose and for some reason that stuck so even when as a rugby uh, player i'd get all the advances from the girls something just told me save something for the one something just told me that i can't i, I sometimes i just say i was just lucky maybe god just had a hand of me i don't even know what kept me from it but finally when i found the one i was so happy and we'd made this commitment we're going to wait until marriage but you know, we looked at ourselves when that older couple told us this story. And we said, you know, we're strong. You know, as a rugby player, looked at myself, quite buff. My sweetie was looking quite nice. And we just said, we, you know, we gave them, them that look of, you know, I know we have a late start. But watch this space. Because we're strong. We're hot. We're going to take over. By the time we're starting on this thing, man, will be so far ahead of you. We're so sorry for you guys in your 60s now. you're catching up with this thing. You know, we had that look of know-it-all. You know, young people give you that look of, my goodness, what do you know? I want to say this, humbly. 18 years married. They were right. They were right. You know what sex is? It's being naked and unafraid with your spouse. Many couples I know can't have sex with the lights on. Because it's just, there's too much baggage between them. But sex is being so open with your spouse, you share everything to the deepest level of your soul, including your spirituality. By the way, you don't even stop praying at that point. You're even saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad you gave us this. It's so amazing. (sighs) My sweetie's around, by the way. You can ask her. It's a phenomenal thing. Nobody warned us it would be this good 18 years later. Now, there's somebody yesterday who was like, ah, pastor, just be real. You're just saying this. Because this generation is so cynical. They're so cynical. But I want to tell you this. It works. And for those of you who are here, maybe you've been feeling ashamed of the commitment you've made to be pure. You've been feeling, I can't even share this with my friends that I've decided to wait until marriage. I want to tell you what. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy you're waiting. I'm so happy you're waiting. One day you come and tell me, pussy, you are right. Because you are 42, I thought... By the way, I turned 42 t- yesterday. <laughs> I did, you know. <laughs> but there's some, somebody who's going to come and say, at 42, I thought you were about to die, but I took your advice anyway. <laughs> you were right. You were so right. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. The Bible talks, there's a whole book about sex in the Bible. Did you know that? Song of Solomons. It's, a, it's, it's the, the Song of Songs. It's such a beautiful pattern. It talks about, let her breasts captivate you all your life. I can say this in church because it's in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> It does. God isn't ashamed of sex. It's a beautiful thing in the right context. There's hope for you when you make this decision. I want to just be as real as I can today with you because there's somebody I know whose life will be saved by this message. There's somebody whose life will be saved. For those of you who are here and you know you've messed up and you're wondering is it too late? Is this stuff is it just too in- too late for me to get there? I've I've messed up. I've a trail of sexual partners behind me. I'm in a sexual relationship right now, outside marriage. What do I do? I want to say what I've said before. God is a God of second chances. He is. He's able to take you, by the way. He's able to restore you. He's able to start with you where you are and restore you and give you a second chance. God is able to take every defilement in your life and cleanse you. In fact, He says this. He says, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive your sins, and then I love this part, and to restore you from all unrighteousness. In other words, He doesn't just forgive you, but He restores you to a position of righteousness. God is able to do this. So it begins with you confessing, saying to God, God, I've messed up with my sexuality. I've done the things I shouldn't have done. I've practiced this thing outside the context of marriage. Maybe some of you, you entered into your marriage with such a bad foundation, you've practiced it outside your marriage because you bought the lie. And you're saying, Lord, I just ask for your forgiveness. Cleanse me from my sin. Step number two, you must, having prayed, then act. You don't just pray, but get out of the situation you're in that is putting you there. For some of you, you're going to have to move out of that relationship. This is the day. By the way, don't wait for next week. Make a commitment that Lord with your help I am going to have that conversation today and I will actually move out I don't know where I'm going but I need to move out for you to bless me there are many testimonies on the blog of people who did that by the way and God bless them as a result so make that step do what it does it means but there's a young guy I know who he went home he had an old laptop that was his co- so- source of pornography on the internet he went and destroyed his laptop he said i wasn't even sure if i give it to somebody else they'll be able to cleanse out all the filth i'd looked at over the years he said, i just went and just destroyed that thing the bible says if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out it's better for you to 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 to, to live without one eye and to live than to die with both your eyes do that radical thing is, is number two and then number three fight get ready to fight with god's help and what you do to that to do that is get friends Share it with friends who can keep you accountable. Come and share it with our prayer partners here. would love to stand with you to hold you accountable. Join up for Mizizi. Sign up for Mizizi because you get into that community of friends, of people who are able to hold you. By the way, read the blog. You're going to find stories of people who say, I joined Mizizi, I connected with friends, and as a result, I was able to make the decision that really counted. I want to say this. God is a God of second chances if you will choose to wait.
0: So it seemed that it was cool for everyone to be in a relationship but me. So I took matters into my own hands and ended up with him. Him who bore the characteristics of a cheater, a liar, an abuser, and a thief. So, why was I surprised when he broke into my heart? See, it was me who let him in, claiming we were just friends. Plus, it was already decided by me from the first day that even if he wasn't, I was gonna make him the one. You know, I was tired of being alone and I simply made up in my mind that it was about that time. So I decided I'm going to drag him along for the ride because I was always the bridesmaid and never the bride. A virgin in the physical, but mentally just a grown woman on the corner in heat who was tired of the wait. So I was going to make him the one. I mean, he had a form of godliness, but not much but hey hey I can change him so I'll take him I mean he's close enough see the sad thing is that I knew he wasn't you from the beginning because in the beginning was the word and he didn't even sound or shine like your son out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and all he could whisper was sweet empty nothings which meant nothing he couldn't even pray when I needed him to. Asking him to fast would be absurd, so forget about being cleansed and washed with water through the word. But I know you, baby. You are already praying for me. And having never even met me, let me assure you, I will wait for you. I will no longer date socialize or communicate with carbon copies of you trying to appease my boredom or to quench my thirsty desires for short-lived attention and compliments from sorta kinders ladies you know he's sorta kinda right but sorta kinda wrong his first name Luke his last name warm I will no longer lay in the embrace of his arms, attempting to find some closeness but never feeling so far apart cause I just wanna be held, cause all I gotta do is say no. No more almost sessions of almost coming close, passing winks and buying drinks and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flirt, who flirts with the ideology of um, So, can you just tell me how much I can really get away with and still be saved? (laughs) No more. I'd rather stay at home, alone, in my bed and write poems about how I will wait for you. Baby, he wouldn't even come close. Our fingers wouldn't even interlock. I promise we wouldn't even exchange breaths. Cause I have thoughts that I have saved as in a file that only God has equipped you to open. I will no longer get weighed down from so-called friends and family talks about the concern for my biological clock when I serve the author of time. Who is not subject to time, by the way, but I'm subject to him. See, he has the ability to stop, pause, fast forward, or rewind at any given time. So if we could role play, you will be Abraham and I will be Sarah. Or, you could be Isaac and I would be Rebecca. a servant answered prayer. See, I am the bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, made up of your rib, Adam. And once we meet, baby, we will be bound into one nucleus, one indivisible atom. Do you even know we speak the same math? One plus one plus one equals three, which really equals one if you add him. And if I were to describe what you look like, you'd have to look like a star, a son of the sun. I will gain energy simply from the light that you shine on me. And I will know you, for when you speak, I will be reminded of the wisdom of Solomon. Your ability to lead will remind me of Moses your faith will remind me of abraham your confidence in god's word will remind me of daniel your inspiration will remind me of paul your integrity will remind me of joseph your attention to detail will remind me of noah your heart for god will remind me of david and your ability to abandon your own will will remind me of the disciples but your ability to love selflessly and unconditionally will remind me of christ And I won't even need to sort you through any special Matthews or any special Marks because his word will be tattooed all over your heart. And guess what, baby, you will know me and you will find me where the boldness of Esther meets the warm closeness of Ruth where the hospitality of Lydia is aligned with the submission of Mary and engulfed in the tears of a praying Hannah, I will be the one drenched in Proverbs 31, waiting for you. But to my Father, to my father who knew me before I was even birthed into this earth. Only if you should see fit. See, I desire your will above mine, so if you call me to a life of singleness, I am content. My heart is content with you who was sent. You're the greatest love story ever told, the greatest love ever known. You're forever my judge and I'm forever your witness and I pray oh I pray that I'm always found on a mission about my father's business for I am yours Lord and I will wait for you more than the watchmen wait for the morning more than the watchmen wait for the morning. I will wait. Thank you.
1: Our time is long gone and we need to end our series. But even as we end it, I want to do it in prayer and I'm going to ask you just to give me, do me a favor not run off give me a few minutes for me to conclude because I want to end in prayer and I believe that as I've been speaking today as you've been hearing God that God has been speaking to different ones of us and telling you he wants you to be different he wants you to be distinct he wants you to thrive in relationships there's two groups of people I'm going to ask to stand for prayer the first group is a group that is saying Lord I've so messed up this thing I've so messed up this thing. I need you to forgive me. And I need you to cleanse me. And I need you to restore me. And to call me your own. You're that place where you're saying, Lord, I'm ready to take the steps that the pastor spoke about. If you will have me. And I want to pray for you because I believe that our God is able to forgive. But I also believe there's a generation in this city. A silent group of people who are not living like what everybody else out there is living like. They've made their commitments. They're faithful to their spouse. They're not running around. You know, everybody says Mpango Akando. That's everybody who's doing it. But they know I am faithful until death. There are single people in this city who, say, who have said, I will wait. I will wait regardless of the cost. And today I also want to pray for you in that situation you've been. And to give thanks to God for you. So I'm going to ask that first group to stand right now. If you just stand up real quick. You're saying, Lord, I just need your forgiveness. I want to make this thing right. With your help, I want to stand. Come on, just let's appreciate them as they stand. Don't be shy. This is a place of realness where we begin to ask God to just come and to help us. There are so many more people who are sitting right now that you know you should be standing. You're outside. You're in the mini dome. You should be standing right now because your father has spoken to you. And he's calling you back home. He's saying, come and wait on me. I will restore you to who you're supposed to be as you stand right now just begin to open your hands in front of you like this put out your hands in front and begin to surrender begin to say lord forgive me for misusing sex forgive me for not living within your boundary forgive me lord i say receive the prayers as they go up to you there's so many people who are standing right now outside in the other tents lord i see them all you see them even more And I pray that, Lord, you would restore your children right now. Your word says if you confess sin, he's faithful, he's just, to forgive your sin and purify you from unrighteousness. And Lord Jesus, right now, I sense the word you're saying to your sons and to your daughters is I forgive you. I'm big enough to restore you. I will return you to where you are at first as you hold on to me. And so I thank you, Lord, for every single one of these who's making that commitment. That they're man enough, they're woman enough to make a difference in this city and I pray that Lord the thing that would come out of their life as they have asked for forgiveness in this way as they move out from those toxic situations is something beautiful the like they've never seen I speak your forgiveness over them right now in your name amen come on let's appreciate them one more time as they have their seats to God be the glory I to ask that group that I spoke about, that group of people married to each other. By the way, don't do this because I say to do it. Do it because, you know, I have made this commitment before. Consciously, I'll be faithful to this woman. And I intend to do this as long as I live. For those of you who've made that commitment as a single person, you know, I have made it already. Some of you are going to go after this someone and make it. But there are some of you who are saying, I have made this commitment already and I stand by it. Come on, stand up right now. We just want to appreciate you and to thank God for you. Come on, stand wherever you are. You've made this commitment. We thank God for them. Look at them all over the place. Let's appreciate them as they stand. Oh, come on, Mavuno, We can do better than that. There's a sign in our city that God is at work in this place and that he's raising up a righteous generation. I want to say this to you. You may look weird. As a couple you may look weird because you're not running around after things in your office as a single person you may look weird because you've said I will be a virgin until God brings that person but I want to say this to you I'm so glad you've made that commitment and I look forward to the day I have a dream of a time when you will be the new normal for Nairobi I have a dream of a time when every young person would aspire to be like you having made that commitment and I have a dream of a city where people don't take advantage of each other, don't reap each other off, don't sleep with each other just to hurt each other, but a city where men and women can be brothers and sisters and help each other be who God has called them to be. And I just want to bless you right now. Thank you for these, Lord. And I pray, Lord, help them in their commitment. Help them to be proud of this commitment. Help them to be strong in this commitment. Help them not to give up on this commitment. And I pray that, Lord, you'd cause them to be a sign in this city called Nairobi. Marriage works, singleness works, God works. And we don't have to follow the craziness. And so I thank you for them, Lord, as they stand. Let me invite everybody else to stand right now. Oh, come on, give glory to God. God is good. He's faithful. He's faithful. How many people know that in 2012, they are going to thrive in their relationships? To God be the glory for you. I want to bless you as you go out into the week. Thank you so much for your patience with me. It's been a joy bringing God's word to you this month. And I want to just give you this final blessing this month. Come and stretch out your hands to God right now and receive it. Father, I thank you that you're doing something new in this city. You're starting a fire here that will change this country. As we hear of what's going on in Nyeri with marriages falling apart. As we read every day in our newspapers of all the chaos that is out there. As we listen to our radio stations and the normal in Nairobi is marriages that don't work. I thank you that you're raising a righteous generation. A generation of a difference. A generation that will show this world that God works. And Lord, I speak right now a blessing over your people. I pray that this word, nothing would steal it from them. I pray that Lord, you'd let it marinate in their lives. I pray that Lord, they would be faithful to you as they listen to this word, as it replays over and over. And I pray that as a result, Lord, they would indeed thrive in everything they set their hands on this year. And so, Lord, I speak this blessing at the end of February over your people. I bless you, God's people, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And God's people, say it with a shout. Come on, to God be the glory. Give glory to God. Please, as you go out, remember... There's a couple of books that you can order that would be a blessing to your life. Make sure you pick up one of those or you give an order for one of those. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. It's coming down.